0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Five, four, three, two, a word in with
0: Wagner, Simon Ford. Thanks, Simon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word in with me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with friends discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And today, I am connecting with cocktail royalty, His Highness Simon Ford. Simon is joining us today from Nashville. Thank you for taking the time, my friend. It's great to see you. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm good, Josh. Good to see you too, mate.
0: Were you just doing the little... Yes,
1: yeah, so you called me your Royal Highness, so uh, uh, you, you get the wave. Not many people get the wave. <laughs>
0: I'm still waiting for the day that you do get knighted so that it actually can be official. <laughs> Simon, you and I have literally shared hundreds of dinner tables with each other. Uh, I like to start everything off with a dinner table introduction. Here's how I would introduce you. This British-born gentleman from Bath rose to his current fame by being a bartender, then bar owner. He was a spirits ambassador for Pernod Ricard, including brands, as you know, as Plymouth Gin. He was the host and chair of America's most proclaimed, esteemed uh, cocktail award ceremony called Tales of the Cocktail. He's a writer. He's an entrepreneur in 2012. He started his latest endeavor, which brings us to where we are today. He is the founder and creator of Forge Gin. Simon has been to more special events concerts festivals super bowls and everything in between that all of your friends combined i have the privilege today to speak to my dear friend simon ford what did i miss
1: you, everything except for i can't do any of these uh, great excursions to concerts and so forth anymore
0: <laughs> the time will be coming soon, my friend. So, Simon, I like to start off every interview with a little bit of a quick story, uh, a little breaking the ice, so everyone know a little bit about you. Give me a story. Dealer's choice, all up to you. Simon Ford, floor is yours.
1: So um, the story I'm going to give you today, Josh, involves you, actually. <laughs> um, Come so, on. Yeah, well, let's, let's take us to one of our favorite places in the world, New Orleans, and it's the Tales of the Cocktail. Um, we've been there for eight days, um, through the sweat, through the the parties, through all of the hard work, through the complete lack of sleep and and nights at the alibi. And it's Saturday, uh, which is the big finale. And I'm about to host the awards and it's the big bartender's breakfast. And someone's trying to track me down on my most important busy day. And it's you. Um, hi,
0: Simon. (laughs) No, you have nothing going on right now. Remember
1: with, me? Right. <laughs> and it's with an invitation to the White House to be a part of the Obama administration's Next Generation Leadership Program. And it was you invited me to this thing that had um, some of was, you know people from the Rockefeller Foundation, some Kennedys, philanthropists, you know people from. From uh, Facebook and all of these different social media moguls, and um, and there they were, uh, the nightclub kids, me, you, Joey Rubin. Of course, we went with um, Neil, who founded Wooly Parker. But um, after we, we're wearing all of our sweaty clothing, and we have to get on an airplane now from New Orleans to Washington DC and hang out with America's elite. And um, I'll never forget that because I we did t- there were two things right. One is we actually took it very seriously and went to all of the meetings, probably more so than anyone else there as a group. You know, we stayed the entire week in Washington D.C. meeting all of the the sort of heads of the of the government. But we also had the most fun there too. And so our story ends with us being allowed to take over the bowling alley at the very basement of the White House and throwing our own little party there. Um, so I would say from tales to the White House is um a story that i share with you and probably a story that anyone listening right now will not believe
0: <laughs> they led us into the white house we broke the bowling alley the eisenhower bowling alley uh you, you know what and that led to so many wonderful friendships we've taken with us today i mean that was 10 years ago um and really instrumental i think in both of our professional careers after after that happened
1: yeah, I mean, several, several friends came out of the White House, and 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 you know, well, I met Neil from Warby Parker through you at that particular thing. Joey yeah. Ben, obviously, you know, I mean, and, and and you could quickly see the nightclub kids who were at the White House versus the uh, the. The trust fund kids and the angel investors and the you know and the and the uh, philanthropists and so on and so forth.
0: <laughs> How about this thing, my friend? I don't think we're getting invited back anytime soon. <laughs> All right. So that is one of men, many memories, Simon, that you and I share. That I'm so cherished with. That will be, be a lifetime of memories for me, and I love you dearly. I do want to get into a couple of rapid fire questions because you and I can tell stories for days. I am going to ask you some things you do not know are coming your way. You ready? What is the one place you long to return to?
1: At the moment, uh, home. My, 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 my mother's sick, so I would just really enjoy to be home. And I never thought I'd say that, but I'd like to go back uh, to Bath and and, and and see my family. Beautiful.
0: What was the last good deed that you did?
1: Um, I've done a few things through work lately. Uh, I, I ran a program locally here in Nashville where we've been uh Buying uh, people from on the, who are working on the front line and people who are out of work in the hospitality industry lunches at, at restaurants so that it would both support that restaurant and the individuals that are you know struggling a little bit right now. So I would say that's probably the last good deed I did. Beautiful. I, last. Oh. I just did washing up. And what? I just did the washing up after lunch.
0: Which is a <laughs> deal, by the way. Home responsibilities and how you divide them can like make or break a happy day at home. I'm just saying, right? Because it's like you cooking, you cleaning, who's making the bed every single morning, what's going on? Very good team. Uh So, for those of you who do know Simon and those who don't, you probably still know the fact anyway, this man has been into thousands of bars his entire life. His livelihood has been based on the success of bars. He created a product that was designed for bartenders by bartenders to make a, a bottle and a spirit that worked great with cocktails. My last question to you, if Simon Ford is opening a bar tomorrow, what is the theme or style of the bar? Uh,
1: experience Curated experiences. You know, you you, you call us up and you ask us to create an experience for you, a special experience for you and your friends. Doesn't matter what it is from, you could tell us the type of cuisine, you could tell us the type of drinks, but it's, we'll create a private experience for you and you book it in advance, you pay for it in advance and you come down and we we create that moment for you.
0: You're making me smile because all I want to do is call a friend, be like, I made a reservation at Ford's. Yeah. You don't know the request, but I put it in. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. I love it. Okay, so I have rapid questions done. I want to get into it because for me, you know, it's about the meat and potatoes, right? Let's jump into this quickly. Let's see about the topics are that you can chime in with your expertise. And two questions we want to co- uh, cover with you and get into for the guests. Uh, for me, the first question is: I want to know Simon Ford's take on what is the future of cocktail bars, of craft cocktail bars. What does the future look like?
1: So- This is something I've been thinking about a lot, you know, because everything's reopening and returning, and of course the entire moment is going to be about making our guests feel safe and comfortable so that they want to come back. You know, you know, the the politics about whether you can or can't open are irrelevant if people don't feel safe coming into your establishment. So it's going to be about making that moment feel good for them. So you're going to see things like lists, in my opinion, about all of the sanitary things that the bar is doing you know like you know and and just to make people feel comfortable i think that there is you're going to not see menus you're going to see lots of visual cues instead so that you can look at the blackboard and place your orders that way and i think that there's going to be this whole movement around low touch no touch i call it where you know like you don't want to see people handling you know all the all of the different facets of what you are going to receive at your table you see the, the thing for me is the kitchen's a safe space because there's no customer interaction the kitchen is where they are have they have a, a sanitary environment where they create your food and then it is bought to you but the drink is different as people at the bar money exchange itself over the bar uh, so in your next to uh, strangers at, at the bar so I think that that's going to change the bar is now going to become the kitchen
0: mm-hmm. in many
1: there'll be a separation between bartender and, um, and in the same way there's a separation between chef and the customer, there's gonna now be a separation between the bartender and the customer. I think we're gonna start seeing that. I think there's gonna be more acceptance to drinks that you can just crack open and go. And so a bottle of wine amongst friends is easy. You know, you've got a clean glass and you know what's inside the bottle so you feel safe. So mm. I think in order to keep cocktails in that momentum, we're gonna to need to create uh, you know, unique packaging. For, you know, like Dante do that great martini in a bottle, you know, more, we'll see more of that. I think we'll see more canned cocktails. I think RTDs within these environments will be more acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are about to drink out of a can or a bottle. I still think that even in a canned cocktail is going to need to be put over fresh ice in a glass. I think we're going to see a lot less garnishes. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is sort of a, this like no touch, low touch Mm -hmm. kind of environment that people are going to need to create. I also... I also think that um, reservations, you know, I think about fine dining. What fine dining do really, really well is you tend to book on an app like Top and you can book in advance and you pay in advance and then you turn up and your experience is kind of curated for you and, you know, and you sit down for your tasting menu. Well, that might be, you know, the payment structure is now taken out of it and you know what you're going and getting ultimately. And I think we're going to start to see that. In bars. So, like you were in Japan for the last couple of years. So, you, you probably went to Jen Yamamoto as one example, right? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you book your time and you go in and you have six curated cocktails by one guy behind the bar and he can manage 12 of you at once. And, um, and, and you're, you know, you're spaced out. You have your own area at the bar. He walks out. It's a big bar, and he goes to that side of the bar, and he goes to that side of the bar. But he's bringing you these beautiful drinks curated, and you're with your friends. I think that uh, a lot of entertainment will be now focused around you and your group of friends, as opposed to going out and lots of, you know, intermingling with lots and lots of strangers in, in really busy bars. You know, cleanliness is going to be so important. And the thing that I worry about most, Josh. Yeah. With cleanliness is I love a good dive bar just as as much as you do. And yeah. and, 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 and I'm dreading seeing our dive bars cleaned.
0: Oh, it's gonna be horrible. <laughs> I need this, it, it needs to remain a shithole. That's the charm in it. I don't wanna order a cocktail from you. I want straight spirits and a, and, and a bottle of beer. And I want to tell stories about how filthy and amazing your bathroom is. Where's that jukebox that hasn't yeah. been dusted off in a year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope the dive doesn't get too clean, that they at least have an asterisk next to them, like, sanitary-ish, you know? God, oh, that'd be terrible. Anyway, let me let me ask you, because what you were saying, a lot of it was in terms of process, right? So, like, the, I, I like the analogy of saying, you know, the, the, the chef to the table it's the bartender to the table. A lot of that interaction is going to be uh, compromised. But what I do think, personally, I think this could be a golden age for hospitality. I think that people were curating uh, experiences to make the group happy. Uh, I think you know social media has brought us to places in festival culture and things along these lines where we're like let's make everything visually stimulating, let's have incredible music, art installations. let's create this vibe that everybody can get along to. But I think that right now there is this opportunity for real craft hospitality. I think you know your idea earlier about you know your own bar that you'd call up for a theme, you know I come from a hotel background as well. Somebody made a reservation, we'd Google them, we'd do our due diligence, we'd find out who that guest would be, and with an anticipatory service, we would make a remarkable memory for them. And I think as reservations are coming in, we can look up our guests, we can really curate this experience because, you know, you mentioned Jen Yamamoto, a, a bar in Japan that... You know people don't know is a it's a six-seat bar that you either have four or seven cocktails that are craft made by one individual just based on ingredients that he makes gets at the market that day there's not a single bar bottle behind the bar i think that right now you know you and i are of an age where we saw the craft cocktail revolution happen where all of our friends were wearing vests and canes and twisted mustaches when you know Craft cocktails became an expectation that every bar should have. I think there's a younger generation of bartenders right now that have the opportunity to really hone in their craft of personal approach, personal hospitality, and really show what entertainment can be at the bar top in front of you. Our stimulation now going out is going to be our immediate guests and our server. So that server can really capture your attention now. I'm really hoping this is a great moment, a golden age for a new type of hospitality.
1: I. I, I mean I couldn't agree more Josh I you know I think that um, you know we're, we're you know what everyone is asking for really right now is just a little bit of sort of respect might not be the right word but it's sort of a little bit of consideration to the circumstances we're in from the people that surround us right mm-hmm. and and so the people uh, and, and some people will forget that some people won't care about it, and so the, the role of hospitality will be, you know, coming in. I think I said at the beginning, making people feel that like they're in a safe space. You know, it, you know, they, they, it will be asking people, do you mind stepping away two more feet? You know, like these, you know, you know, and, and giving these people because we want them to feel 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 good about themselves and being there in that moment. I mean, for me, do you know what I think is going to take off? Uh, the karaoke bars, right?
0: The- yes, I
1: love it. They can bring it on. You get your own room. Yeah. You your friends, and someone comes in with a tray. You know, or, you know, and and you know, or you could just pass food through a hole in the wall into your private room, and you you you're now there in your safe space, and no one can infringe upon this moment. You know, and 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 so I like that. You know, and those. Um, I think it's in Korea where there were lots of private rooms in Japan, for or, or they they designed restaurants into segmentation so that you have privacy within. The, the restaurant environment, I think we're going to start to see a lot of that.
0: Well, it what also, I- it's, it's also to, to, to that point, you know, having the private dining room PDR and, you know, ha- having those intimate spaces. I think what what is going to be interesting also is like how we're entering the expectation of the night. Right. So like, you know you and I had spoken earlier about package deals and ease of ordering, right? So like these are potentially going to be new equations of how bars operate and they can actually function as a much more sound business equation that, you know, we've got 32 reservations tonight. We're prepped for it. We know what's coming and we can actually maximize revenue. So right now, this situation could turn into a new business model of like cost saving preparation. We know what we're walking into. It could be a great thing.
1: 100 percent i you know the reason again i'm going to go back to that fine dining model the way they they know who's coming that night and they've planned it as of course from an inventory point of view they know exactly what ingredients to order so they're not wasting food they're not wasting garnishes in the, in, in, in in the way of drinks and they don't have to build a giant inventory of things that they they don't necessarily need the tie of cash flow and of course i think that we're going to go into a world i mean one thing we haven't really discussed is we are going to we're probably and likely to go into a recession, and so disposable income is going to be, um, you know, there's not going to be as many people with the disposable income that we were used to in the last sort of 10 years of the economy, and so that's going to change the dynamic too, so how we stand out, how we offer value is going to be important, and and how we, how a bar and restaurant can do that is really by controlling their costs, you know and controlling their costs, not by reducing the quality, but controlling it by reducing the waste, which is great for the environment. <laughs>
0: well, that's a great way to segue into the next topic, uh, because we can dive into the future of cocktail bars a lot, but I think, you know, to sum up what we said, it's gonna be process, precision, safety, uh interaction in a new way and where the opportunities come in all those arenas hopefully you're going to see a lot of great small craft cocktail bars pop up out of this showing the individuality of the owner the originality they have to tackle this equation and give you a unique experience you can take with you moving forward moving forward second question i want to cover with you simon ford your Majesty, Your Highness, has been a king of understanding trends and marketing and where a brand should be and how to gain loyalty. I would like to talk to you for five minutes about what is marketing right now. You are a small spirits brand owner. You were recently recently purchased by Brown Foreman. Congratulations. Marketing for you right now is key, but the thing is everybody's is freaking out about marketing right now. What is marketing to Simon Ford?
1: What? you know the very first steps for me when this all happened covid 19 and i saw what was happening to our friends uh you know in fact this is before the lockdown there were just people were afraid to go out and then there were there were initial orders of move down to 50 percent capacity so right in that moment there was um you know people losing shifts and losing income right and so the, the first stage of marketing to me was, you know, was, was support, you know, and I, and I saw that from a lot of brands, a lot of brands made big gesture donations. Uh, other brands did smaller, smaller gesture things. We ran a program called lost shift bartender, where we were just saying you've lost a shift and it was quite funny, you know, but we, you know, I asked a couple of bartenders, what's the average bartender earnings like between you know, 200 and 400 bucks a shift. And I'm like, yeah, they, they weren't like the bartenders in Miami. Just, just for your, let But, um, you know, so we said, okay, let's pay $400, you know, make a drink for us. And so we sort of were able to sort of find a a, a legal way in order to pay bartenders $400 for their drink, knowing full well that they... um, paperwork because we needed to sign some we added $100 just to fill out the paperwork and there we were so you lost a shift and so the first thing was to connect with the community and I know it sounds you know we're talking marketing but marketing is about compassion in times like this it's really important that you show compassion as a brand to the people that who are your customers if they're going through a tough time and you see if there are ways in which you can support them right because your your business is, is intermingled the second part of this Uh, to me is is optimism right we've now been in this moment for five six seven weeks for some 10 11 12 for others and we now need to start feeling better about what the future looks like because it feels bad and you don't sugarcoat things but you just start to make people feel better about the current situation in fact jack daniels um, the great thing about moving to brown foreman is i've moved to the, the 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 king of marketing jack daniels run an ad there was people just connecting on zoom chats, you know, not being able to see each other, touch each other. And of course it, it brought up feelings of emotion. Um, Nike released an ad this morning, which is incredible,
0: right.
1: I, you know, like, you know, that has basically laid a stake in the ground and said, we, we are with you in these struggles and with this fight. And, and, and I think that people need to hear from their brands, you know, be, you know, that they support them and it, 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 you know, because this is a conversation. So, so for me, um, we've done the compassionate bit. Now we're trying to think about the, the optimism at the moment and how we can sort of come back to this market and support the community, get back up on its feet with innovation, ideas and communication that, you know, again, within the restrictions that an alcohol company has to face. So that's really next to me. I mean, well, there'll be fun things, Josh, like when you go into, you know, we're working on a program right now where we help bars can and bottle cocktails. Mm-hmm. for example so that you know we you know we can lend them the machine or we, actually we've hired an agency then they can go to that agency and they can can cocktails knowing that they might want some service you know you can put, you put your own recipe in a, in a can you know and now you've got you you retain your creativity as a bartender but you sort of now have tackled that you might not be able to sit uh, a drink or you don't want to see someone making seven ingredient cocktails now i can with that seven ingredient cocktail goes to your table. So we've been working on little bits like that, but that's very much in the bars. But the next thing we want to do is to bring moments of joy to to people if, they, if they've if they chosen. We want people to feel comfortable not going out. We yeah. want people, you know, and, and feel comfortable that they stayed at home yeah. and chose that. And we want people to feel comfortable if they went out and that they were safe. And we don't want to sort of, you know, encourage anything that's irresponsible. And that's a fine line when you're talking about communication and marketing.
0: Well, so communication and marketing today. Thank you, Simon, because, you know, it's it's so interesting today. I think the consumer themselves is going through an educational period right now as well, because they're being assaulted more from a marketing perspective than the history of their lives. Right. We're dedicating our eyes to screens more than we ever have before. Uh, and people are trying to not just double down. They're tripling down on their marketing dollars and efforts to capture our attention. Right. So, you know. People, it, because we have such short memories, we live in this bulimic society where we can't actually ingest anything and pass it through. We just regurgitate a lot. You know, it's one of those situations where we all now share a, a lot of common dialogue very quickly, like in these unique times, in these rough moments, like things get old very fast with us. We have very short memories as a society. That being said, capturing like, for example, like if I go onto my Instagram feed and I look at 10 frames seven of them now are are, our advertisements which is absolutely mental for me because i can't connect with my people that i'm choosing to and i have to sift through all these messaging right for you how will you and forge Gin differentiate and i know you said optimism but how do you translate that how do you separate yourself how do you how do you remain a maverick in a community? How do, or, or do you blend? Because right now it's also difficult for brands that aren't talking, they're being judged. It's like, if you're silent, you're bad. If you speak too quickly, you did the wrong, r- wrong thing. It's the accountability is tough, right? So how does Simon Ford sit with your board and decide marketing strategy?
1: Ford's gin takes the same approach that I take as a human being, right? You know, there, there are certain stands and stances and um, messaging that we want to get out to the world, but we don't really spend a lot of time and energy doing that in a social media setting in an advertising setting, right? We have chosen the approach of interpersonal connection and experience. That's, that's always been how I've approached marketing. Um, you know, so we talk to our audience. We don't talk to everybody. We talk to our friends, you know, and I say friends, friends of the brand, you know, and we we develop our relationship with them personally and what we hope is that we grow it slowly but surely, you know, like, I mean, I, I think that people always want overnight wins but really slow and steady always wins wins the race and and what we do to be slow and steady is have constant communication or try to as the audience gets bigger it becomes more of a challenge but we try to have a constant communication with our current consu- consumer and customer base and we support those who support us right that's our philosophy and you know how do we create that optimism well we do that through um through creating connections, right? And, and you've seen that, right? You, I, I mean, I used to do a lot of events before this happened, and that's how we would create the connections. If we could be the catalyst for bringing people together that want to be with other people, and in that moment, we can let them flourish and be themselves and just bring them a little nugget of information from us that brings a, a sort of level of, um, loyalty is the wrong word, but a certain certain certainly sort of mind. Connection. Connections, yeah and so so that you know so we wanted to create those moments the challenge now is how do we do that through an online situation and I'm, i you know that we've executed this but we we are, we're creating music um you know that that we will will that we will release uh, with drinks that we think you should drink with that music and stories that we'll tell you know that's a you know a, a, another conversation for another time but we are um you know we've been brainstorming how do we you know we were about to do a book launch for eric alperin unvarnished uh, we just pivoted and it's a series of t- conversations and talks that will take place on, on zoom and Instagram live um, and telling stories. I'm going to host one uh, in a few days. The, the, the idea that we can now start connecting with our friends. It's not forged in talking at you. It's forged in facilitating connections through other people. And and I, I said, I, I said, Eric, I still would love to take your book tour on the road know, yeah. making up. Com- I said, why don't we, put you on the top of a hill you know get the the, the vending machine that don lee created put that at the, at the at the side so people can go and get their own drinks you know you no know, vending machine with with you know gaps for social distancing people put out we put out picnic blankets that are six feet apart and everyone has their own little space and they can go up to the the, the places to get food and drinks and you're standing on a mountain giving a uh, your rendition of Shakespeare <laughs> you know and, and so I mean we might not be able to do that right now tomorrow but we're looking for those moments when we have better guidelines and feel safer about you know going out into the world because the one thing we don't want to do is put anyone in any unnecessary danger and, and in in these moments the the people that are are really important the people that you work with I think sometimes people forget about that you know you sort of start saying um, hey if I go on If I go and do an event tomorrow, you know, there will be willing people that come to the event who don't mind being in spaces with other people. And the people that do mind um, won't turn up. Right. That's that's the nature of it. But you have a team of people that you have to care about. You don't want to put them in any danger either. Right. They're the people that live and die by forged in on a daily basis and so to ask them to be put into situations that are uncomfortable for them I mean it has to begin there and so how you treat your people is how you treat your consumers and so you know we're taking a very structured approach Mm. to how we re-enter and so we're just holding like I say much more personal conversations with our audience right now as opposed to blanket and that's because we have a small audience Josh if we had a big audience it would be different you know. It, it would be different. But if we did this giant advertising campaign, just say we did it. Most people would look at the message and go, who's that brand?
0: <laughs> sure. so it wouldn't well, play well. Well, well, I must say, your, your majesty, your royal majesty, uh, Simon Ford, I, the silver lining of this conversation for me is it's about consideration. It's about taking this opportunity to make things more personal Uh, to be paying attention to more details of understanding your consumer, understanding your guest, uh, being considerate of their needs, creating an environment that is sound for all. Uh, But also, you know, just making sure to share your personal message, which is optimism driven by a quality product and experience. But let's let's figure this out. Right. And, you know, Simon, you've been a dear friend for, for, for more years than I, I wish they, continue forever, which they will. But Simon, you're a dear friend and you're an inspiration. You've always been a leader. And I know that your approach forged in from a marketing perspective, from a brand perspective, will lead the way for many people to follow. Uh, I do want to ask you to close out with a final word. Get your word in. What would be a message that you could share with everyone today? Um,
1: I, the number one message I would like people to consider in almost any opinion and action that they have really is to check your empathy on everything. I check your compassion on 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 everything, and 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 those are the two uh, deepest. But I also think people should check their own hypocrisies as well. You know, I, I I feel everyone is 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 judging others in 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 a way that they're not judging themselves, and I and and that's a dangerous place for our society to be. in. so, compassion and empathy.
0: Very well said. I will call you after because I think if we combine our efforts. With our marketing and hospitality knowledge, we can open Forge Curiosity Bar, and we can market to our friends and open the best new craft cocktail bar that there is with you and me hosting. My friend, I love you. Thank you for getting a word in. I can't wait to see you face-to-face, and I will be seeing you soon. Check your hypocrisy, be considerate, and uh, make yourself a Forge Gin Martini. Look up online how to make it. He knows how to do it best. Simon, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Josh. Take care, mate.